Nashville Predators take on the Edmonton Oilers tonight at Bridgestone Arena, and there is going to be a new face in the lineup for the Nashville Predators. What to expect when Cody Glass comes back into the lineup tonight? Uh, plus, we are talking NHL controversies. Controversy uh, creates content, apparently. Uh, we're looking at uh, Tanner Janot's exclusion from a Calder favorites article, uh, Ryan Hartman's Venmo adventures, and uh, Chris Pronger doing financial planning. All uh, interesting topics coming up to in the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I am a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com. Uh, predators. Hoping to get more playoff ground, more points in their arsenal as they march towards the postseason. Big game tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the big news that came out actually just a couple minutes ago, uh, Cody Glass. You remember him, the guy in yes. the trade. Uh, he has been recalled by the team and will presumably be in the lineup tonight for the Nashville Predators. Uh, he is having a gangbusters type season with the Milwaukee Admirals, 60 points in 63 games. Uh, 60 points is most by a Pred skater uh, since the 2012 season, or a Milwaukee Admiral skater, I should say. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a, a lot to like about Cody Glass getting another chance at the Preds lineup tonight, Ann. I am so excited about this one. And Cody Glass was somebody I think most people felt like was going to be in the Predators lineup for much of this season. And he, like you said, has spent a lot of time in Milwaukee. And I love that for Cody Glass because this is a young player. He did not see this trade from Vegas coming. So he was kind of blindsided by that. And it's a huge adjustment. I love what they see in him, I think Nashville is right that this is somebody, uh, you know, this is a young player who is just brimming with potential. I love that they've let him simmer in Milwaukee. He has made such good use of his time there 14 goals, 46 assists, 60 points. Um, he's the most points for a Milwaukee Admirals player right now. And I love that he's returning to the lineup. I think he may be just a really great spark for this team. And I can't wait. I really can't wait to see this kid on the ice. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch because before the season, I think there were a lot of expectations on him. He yes. had the look of a guy that was, I think, ready to maybe um, play a bigger role that he didn't necessarily get in Vegas. Um, and I think a lot of people were surprised, A, how quickly he sort of didn't gel, like how quickly he sort of fell out of favor, mm -hmm. and B, how quickly he kind of went down – to Milwaukee after really only two chances to play earlier this season. And I think that surprised a lot of people. Um, but I think our buddy Sean Smith at on the four check said it best. There is no downside. If you're in the predators organization to spend some time playing for Carl Taylor, 
Yes, working absolutely. For, working for Carl Taylor in Milwaukee, um, because that's a guy who knows how to kind of build things in players' games that maybe is just like that little extra spark, you know, maybe how to really hone in on what makes you an NHL player. Uh, and it sounds like Glass has really found his footing this year. Remember, you know, we were talking about 60 points in 63 games, but it really wasn't a great start for Glass in Milwaukee, too. Uh, he kind of struggled his first week, you know, his first month or so with the Admirals. And a lot of us were sort of thinking, you know what? Oh, did uh, did we just absolutely blow the Ryan Ellis trade? Um, you know, and, and as the season went on, he's gotten better and better. And I know people are going to look at 60 points and 63 games and be like, oh, well, you know, looks like he's been good all season long. But really, when you kind of break it down further, that's, you know, probably from December, late December on, he's been a point per game player, if not more for the Admirals. Um, and it's it gives you a little bit more confidence in his future with the Preds. I agree with that. And I really I want to go on record as saying I think Carl Taylor is the secret weapon of the Nashville Predators because the he Predators, is the he is the secret sauce. He 100 percent is the Predators can can know for sure that they're going to send a player like Cody Glass down to Milwaukee and Carl Taylor is going to be able to develop him and whether that is a mental aspect, whether that's filling out and rounding out that player's game, Carl Taylor is freaking brilliant. And the Predators organization is so lucky to have him. And I hate to even think of the fact that he probably will get a chance at an NHL coaching position that might not be in Nashville. I can almost not put it out there. <laughs> How dare he try to advance his career? I mean, stick with us. We love you, Carl Taylor. But I love, you can see it in the progression of Cody Glass. Again, these are young players, you know, that are coming in. Cody Glass was coming off of an injury. He kind of just had a rocky time in Vegas. And it takes some time to get your feet under you. And I'm excited, so excited that he's been called up. I really like his play. I love what we've seen recently from him in Milwaukee. And I think he really could be a long-term wise investment from the Predators. And like you said, a lot of people felt like this was a bust. And Cody Glass is not, he is not a bust. He's a well, long simmer. He's a simmer. He's a simmer. He is like the the soup that you throw in a pot on like Christmas Eve morning and just mm -hmm. let it let it stew all day. And Come then, on. Uh, then when you're ready, when you're done seeing your Christmas lights and all your little festivities, you're home from church, and that that soup is all nice and there, warm and ready for you. And it kind of feels like that's what the Preds did. You know what they they kind of stashed him mm -hmm. in Milwaukee. They sort of let him. You know what? Just just grow your game. Just have a good season in Milwaukee, and uh, we'll we'll take you off the burner when we need you. Yeah. Um, and it, it's coming for a, a pretty good time because, you know, one of our hottest topics over the past couple of weeks has been the depth scoring and, you know, Tolvin and Cunnan not really sort of being where we thought they would be. Um, and glass is, you know, there's a lot to his game, but at the end of the day, he is a score. He is a playmaker. 
Um, he is a great offensive guy who creates his own offense. At least yes. that's what he has been in Milwaukee. And it, it's coming at a chance where he's probably going to get an immediate impact to do just that here. You yes. know, and it, it, it sounds like he might get fourth line minutes um, just the way like the lineups are shaking out. It's going to be really interesting to see who comes out. Yes. There. Who would you pull out of the lineup? Well, you know, it's, you know, do they still think enough of Luke Cunning where he's going to be that guy um, that, you know, just kind of, he's kind of been buried on the fourth line the past couple of games, or, you know, yeah. what, do you move him back to the wing take Matt Luff out who Matt Luff has played pretty well. He has and, played really well. Yeah. And maybe have glass kind of be that guy that steps in there and, you know, sort of takes over, you know, the, the center line and maybe you give your bottom line a little bit more offensive pop. Um, so there, there's a lot of options going to be really interesting mm -hmm. to see how John Hines play this. Um, but you're, you're hoping glass can have the same type of impact he did. Yes. Yeah, and I'm excited to see him on the ice. I'm I'm of the suspicion that Luke Cunning will come out tonight. You know, John Hines pulled uh, Dante Fabro out of the lineup for a healthy scratch. I don't, I mean, he is not hesitant to kind of pull people out of the lineup for a reset. I think it might be Luke Cunning's turn. So, you know, like I said, we'll wait and see what the lines are tonight, but really excited about Cody Glass getting some ice time at Bridgestone Arena. And let me tell you, the place will go nuts if this young man scores, just yeah. calling it right now. Yeah, you're, you're hoping that's what happens because there is a yes. lot of people in Nashville behind Cody Glass. Um, yes. I want to talk about the game tonight because it's a big one. It's against the Edmonton Oilers, uh, another team right in the thick of a playoffs hunt, potentially a Preds second round opponent. We'll have to see. And it's a team the Preds haven't necessarily done well against. So we'll talk about keys to the game and uh, some NHL controversies. Controversy creates content. Yay. Yay. Um, first, though, I want to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at Bet online bet online is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info you can find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of major league baseball season bet online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting playoff props esports more all of that good stuff. They got plenty of stuff uh, on NHL in the March to the playoffs. You know they're going to be going all out when the postseason starts. Uh, if you want to put some money on tonight's action or you just kind of want to check it out, test the waters, you can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, Predators versus Edmonton Oilers is an interesting one, Anne. Um, yes. In the Connor McDavid era, uh, the Predators haven't exactly done too hot uh, against the Oilers. In fact, they've lost their last five against. So Edmonton. exciting! Yeah, dating all the way back to um, back to 2019, um, and there's been some doozies. Yes, there, there we, have. We had the uh, wonderful giant blowout, the nine goal performance. Um, not, not exactly a, uh, fantastic vote of confidence, I guess, if you're a Preds fan going into this yeah. game. 
this team has always sort of been a hitch in the giddy up recently for the Nashville Predators. And no matter how well the Predators are playing, it's there's just a little bit of fear and trembling when you hear Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. It There just yeah. is. And I think that's probably a league thing. But like you said, Nashville has struggled against this team uh, they last played January 27th. Now, this game went to a shootout. So, you know, this was close. Edmonton won 3-2 in that shootout, which shootout goals is a topic for a whole nother episode. Can we just yeah. get an amen on that? We can add, um, we can add it to the controversies list. There you go. Um, so the Predators were more competitive in the last matchup, earned a point. Look, a point would be great tonight, but the Nashville Predators need two points. So they're really going to have to step up their game. And Edmonton is one of those teams that maybe gives Nashville's style of play a little bit more trouble. So they're going to have to really be on top of some things to keep this game in front of them, I think. What is it about Edmonton, you think, that gives the Preds trouble? Um, because, you know, they have a lot of speed. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people have come out and said, especially after the Buffalo losses, that, hey, the oh, Preds gosh. Really do well against speed. Um, but I mean, they've they've held their own like this week against Florida, against Pittsburgh. So what what is it in your mind about Edmonton that seems to give the Preds trouble? Because it's not like they're world eaters. Yeah, no, I, I think speed is definitely a component. I think teams with speed, Nashville maybe doesn't match up as well against those teams, but Edmonton seems to be able to get play behind you and when you're forechecking a lot it's I think it's a little bit easy to let them get behind you and part of it is I mean Connor McDavid Leon Dreisaitl I mean there's just they're just good I mean I don't like it they're super <laughs> but they're really good they're superstars and but Nashville can win this game tonight. And that's something that I do feel strongly about. This is not maybe the most ideal matchup for Nashville, but this is not a game Nashville necessarily is not going to be able to win. They're definitely going to need a couple of things. They're going to need really strong play from UC Saros. For sure. I think that's probably going to be one of the keys because the Oilers put a ton of shots on net, especially against the Nashville Predators. The last game, 46 shots on net, uh, which, you know, that's a lot of work for UC Saros. Not saying he yeah. can't handle it, but that's a lot. So they're going to need to have the best game from Saros. He's going to need to steal some, I think. They're also going to need to block some shots uh, and help Saros out. But this is a winnable game. As much as we, you know, the Predators have not done well against Edmonton, this is a winnable game tonight. And you, you hope to see it because the Predators need every point they can get. Um, Amen. You know, we, we talked uh, yesterday kind of about how we thought, you know, the wild card spot would give Nashville um, maybe an easier path because mm -hmm. they would play the Pacific in the second round instead of, you know, a, a St. Louis, Minnesota potential thing. Um, or even the Colorado Avalanche. Um, you know, this is one of the teams that would have a really strong chance of seeing the Preds in the second round if that happens. So um, definitely something I think Preds fans will be watching closely just to see how they match up with tonight. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, controversies and looking at stuff, yeah. uh, article came out the other day. 
Uh, it listed the, well, you know, I'm trying to find it. Do you remember who wrote it? Yes. Let me okay. look and see. Right. Uh, nope. It was Mike Stevens at Mike the Stevens. Hockey News. At the Hockey News. Okay. At the Hockey News. So basically he wrote an article. It was like breaking down the arguments uh, for the top four uh, Calder candidate where he was like making the case for each Calder candidate. And mm -hmm. a lot of Preds fans noticed uh, one Mr. Tanner Janot was not even listed on there. No. Uh, no. Yeah, he, had, he had the usual suspects. He had uh, Trevor Zegris, Mort Sider, and Lucas Raymond, the guys that everybody thought would kind of be the top three all season long. Uh, but then he added Michael Bunting in mm -hmm. there. I think that the inclusion of Bunting and not Janot, I think is what kind of maybe rubs some people the wrong way. Yeah, I'm this one really does get me because and we've said this before, Tanner Janot is not your prototypical Calder candidate. He's just yeah. not. He's he's not he doesn't play the style of hockey that usually gets people yeah. noticed. But how do you not have I mean, he's leading rookies in goal scoring. This is a player who is huge for his team. I mean, he is a tone setter. How do you leave that person off your list? Do I think Tanner Janot is going to win the Calder? Nope. No. Uh, no, I don't. But how is he not a part of the discussion really baffled me in, in this situation? I, I'm not sure how you disregard how you disregard your leading goal scorer. Just that's just yeah. me. Well, and the thing is, because the arguments for um, Mort Sider, Lucas Raymond, and Trevor Zegras were that they were a little bit more critical to their team's role than, well, it, you know, like, let's say this. Like, Tanner but their teams suck. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they do now. But I mean, but. I was, I'm getting somewhere with this. Like their, their <laughs> argument was, look, you know, Anaheim's doing well. Trevor Zegras is their best player. Um, mm -hmm. At the time, Detroit was doing pretty well. Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond's were their best player. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at Nashville, they have, you know, Roman Yossi, Philip Forsberg, all these people having phenomenal years. So it doesn't feel like Tanner Janot is single-handedly carrying them. And I get that argument. Like I got that argument mm -hmm. uh, where I draw ire to that is when the inclusion of Michael Bunting comes into play and you're yes. talking about all of a sudden it's like, oh, you, look what he's done in Toronto this year. Look at all the points he's racking up. Yeah, because he's playing on a line with Austin Matthews, who might be the MVP. Right. And, and Mitch Marner in that equation as well. So it's yes. like, okay, well, you can't exclude – Tanner Janot because the Preds have better players if that's going to be your argument and then throw in Michael Bunting right you can argue a lot of his success because he has been a rookie like for four years in a row now uh, who a lot of his success is due to the fact that he is playing with the guy who might be the league's most valuable player this year so that to me is like what what grinds my gears a little bit Yes, I 100% agree with that. If you put me on a line with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, and I can't even ice skate backwards, yeah. I would do well. 
So I I feel like that. My question for you is, does it bother you that uh, Michael Bunting is in this conversation at the age of 26? Is that age thing a thing for you, an issue for you as far as being considered for the rookie? No, because Alex Alex Carrier was in the same boat this year. Mm -hmm. Alex Carrier is the same age as Michael Bunting. Um, and there's a lot of people that thought maybe he would be a Calder dark horse this year. It's not the rules. Like the rules doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we saw the same thing with Artemi Panarin who won the Calder as a 25 year old. Um, and we've had like Calder winners, you know, before the age limit, like we had like 31 year olds win the Calder. Like if they're NHL rookies, they're NHL. They're a rookie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, it's not the age thing. And I know a lot of people are hung up on the age for Michael Bunting. It's just, mm-hmm. I think for me, the they're including him despite the same things they're excluding Janot for, if that yes. makes sense. And you no, know I agree. Yeah. And Janot, I get it. He's not your prototypical guy, um, but you know, it's really remarkable when you sort of break down his game this season, you just appreciate like, okay, well just how remarkable He's mm-hmm. been, you know, he, he's leading the league in, in rookie goals and he's doing it while most of his starts are in the defensive zone. Like yes. he's doing it as like a third line grinder type of player and he is scoring all these goals. That means he is able to kind of switch the momentum on his own. Um, I know a lot of people are like, you know, because sometimes when like Bally Sports or something makes this case, they'll be like first in penalty minutes and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> or they're first in fights. And it's I'm like, not sure that helps. I'm not sure that helps, but it does give you a sense that he's probably on the ice less. Like he's not spending a lot of power right. time on the ice. Um, you know, he's, he's not spending, you know, 18, 19, 20 minutes a game like Zegris or Mort Sider are. You know, he is doing all of this. I would say Tanner Janot is more bang for your buck than yes. maybe some of these other rookies that are out there you know he is doing more in tougher situations and yes. and yeah to sum it all up he is a huge reason the nashville predators are where they are right now yes i 100 percent agree i am baffled that he is left off the discussion and again he's not going to win it because so much of what tanner Geno does is not not scorecard doesn't show up on the scorecard and it is not the Michigan, like, although Tanner Janot could do a Michigan, let's just be clear. I believe that he could do that. Um, but you know, he's not going to, Oh, I mean, I would, if he did that, it would be so, it would be so amazing. Bridgestone Bridgestone arena. If Tanner Janot ever pulled off a goal, (laughs) can uh, you imagine would, would implode? It would, like it would a hundred percent. Yes. Like just the sheer, like spontaneous energy that that would create. John Hines yeah. would smile. John Hines yeah. would smile. It maybe, would be maybe a little bit. It's like yeah. the, I'm picturing like John Hines doing Fred Armisen's Prince. <laughs> where it's just like the little, I can't do The little it, one like side. The, little, the one side smirk <laughs> sort of thing. Smirk thing. Okay, so since we're talking smirk, I want to ask you about this. So in this article that we're talking about, one of the things that Mike Stevens said about Trevor Zegris is Zegris has also dragged hockey culture 
kicking and screaming into the future, causing crusty old hockey men to throw temper tantrums over his antics that, in turn, spark conversations about the sport's desperate need for reform. And, of course, we had the whole deal with Tyson Nash, the Arizona play-by-play guy, kind of dogging on Trevor Zegris um, for kind of showboating and smirking and smiling, which, first of all, if the Arizona Coyote players cannot handle smirking. They should never have teenagers because you're looking at five years. Well, they can't even handle a stadium lease right now. So. <laughs> I mean, so like I'm feeling like you got to have bigger pants on. But I'm just curious what your take is on the whole crusty old men kicking and screaming into this new hockey, new hockey so, style. Let, let's be honest here. I think 90%, like 97% of the hockey world don't care about <laughs> like anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we remember like this was back in, you know, 1992 when Timu Solani threw his glove in the air and did the duck hunt with his stick. <laughs> you know, we... We had, uh, I think it was like Tiger Williams, you know, big enforcer from the 80s, you know, did the celebration where he like rode the stick like a pony. Oh, I love that one. You know, Sean Avery did the push-ups. We had, uh, you know, PK Subban's got the, you know, his trademark thing. Oh, I love it. Yep, you know, love Patrick, it. Tra- Patrick Kane's got his trademark. Austin Matthews does the, you know, the taunting the fans. There's so much of this in hockey. Um, And you know what? There's been so many like wild plays. Like, you know, I don't remember this much discourse when, you know, Evgeny Shvechnikov um, pulled off. Was it Evgeny or Andre? I don't know. I get the two Shvechnikovs mixed up. (laughs) One one of them was a Red Wing. One of them's a Hurricane. The good one's a Hurricane. Um, You know, he did the Michigan a couple of years ago. And that's what everybody was like, ooh, what do we call that? So I don't think anybody really cares that much it's just in the last couple of years we've had um you know people in prominent positions um you know like john tortorella in the oh, gosh. guys that are on tv yeah. say this and then that's like oh all these old hockey men have a problem with it i don't think they do I think these are just one or two people who get paid to say things on TV. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the other thing about the Trevor Zegras thing and, oh, the the fight from James yes. Bull, Tyson Nash said that it's like, oh, yeah, you know, if you score, you got to take a hit. Uh, that happened like 45 minutes prior to the Jay Beagle thing. Like the Michigan goal was like the first goal yes. of the game in what wound up being like a 6 nothing something like that. Yeah. Um, you know. The, the Jay Beagle thing, you know, if you watch the replay, it was, I didn't really care too much about that, to be <laughs> honest. You yeah. know, um, you, it was, Trevor Zegers went hard to the net, maybe got like an extra poke in at the goalie. And it's not like Jay Beagle just like grabbed him and threw him down. No, he just gave him a cross check and knocked him yeah. in the ice and then Troy Terry kicked in. Jumped I think it's, in, just yeah. like the, it's just the whole notion of you're good. So we're going to punish you for being good and making us look stupid. I think that's dumb. Yeah. Well, and I think there is, there's momentum to the narrative that there are two, two hockey camps. 
that can't come together for the sport. And I'm not sure that that's true because you look at, you know, Nashville plays kind of more of the old school for checking, hard hitting physical game. Um, but we also have Philip Forsberg, who, by the way, did the Michigan that I call the Forsberg. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like there's necessarily this huge chasm in hockey, but it makes for a great story that, you know, that Zegris is pulling people kicking and screaming into the future of hockey. I just, I, I think it's interesting. And here's my thing. Like, you know, everybody has their celebrations. I told my kids two things playing sports. Number one, don't ever let me see you spit. Number two, <laughs> act like you've been there before. Yeah. And, you know, it's just part of the game. Like you, you got to put your big boy pants on. Like, yeah. you know, so I just thought, I thought that was interesting. Now here is a super interesting one. I love, I, I'm, let's 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 talk about venmo shall we do it <laughs> so ryan hartman <laughs> and the minnesota funny. wild were playing the edmonton oilers and uh ryan hartman got into it with evander kane after kane kind of went after uh kaprizov and words were exchanged and Hartman um, gave him the bird, just just right on the way to the penalty box, just flipped him the bird. Uh, was fined, Ryan Hartman was fined uh, $4,250 for unsportsmanlike conduct for flipping off Evander Kane. Now, that's just funny in and of itself. But then people on Twitter went and found Ryan Hartman's Venmo account and began to Venmo Ryan Hartman, $5, $10, $20, to help him pay his fine for flipping off Evander Kane. And best part, Evander Kane's ex-wife Venmoed him $200. <laughs> <laughs> so Which this point? may be one of the greatest stories to happen this season in hockey. Wow, people don't like Evander Kane. <laughs> no, and I think it was um, after uh, Ryan Hartman, once he was fined, uh, I think somebody asked him, um, you know, about it the next day. Mm -hmm. He's like, it was it was worth it. Oh, it was the bird was, heard around the world. It was, do you remember, uh, this was like back in, you know, mid 2010s or something like that. Uh, Brandon Prust speared Brad Marchand did the groin. Um, and you know, all the Bruins announcers are like, he should be suspended. You know, that's a dirty play. He could have done this one, blah, 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 blah. And then, um, you know, it was like, it wound up being like a $10,000 fine or something like that. And somebody asked, uh, Brandon Pruss about it. He's like, that was the best $10,000 in <laughs> my life. Um, yeah. It, it throws me back to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's funny. Like it's, it's a situation that's funny. I mean, it is. It, it's it is, but it isn't if you really go deeper into the Vander Kane and yes. thing. But um, you know, I yeah. think on the service, everybody paying Ryan Hartman's fine <laughs> because they hate a Vander Kane is funny, if nothing else. Well, and the best part is in all of this, every time they Venmoed him in the you know message for what it's for, they just did the bird emoji, <laughs> the little yeah. finger emoji. <laughs> So uh, I just love us. And I do want to say that Ryan Hartman announced yesterday that all of the money that was donated, he is giving away to a charity that, you know, he will announce that he's on his way to another game, but that he is going to pay the fine and donate the money, which I think is great. But you know what? There are just some people that 
bring out the bird in you. And I just thought it was fantastic that Ryan Hartman got to flip him off and ended up with a very busy Venmo notification. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the other, the other one that's been, and this is, this is weird. I can go both ways on it. Me too. Uh, so Chris Pronger, um, long, long time NHL defenseman posted a very long Twitter thread. Um, basically kind of saying it's like pro athletes don't make as much, um, as you think they do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I won't get into the whole thing, but it's basically like, look, when you count, you know, taxes every year when you count escrow um you know the money you have to pay to you know because oh nhl players you know have their own personal chefs because they don't have time to cook and you know stuff like you know massage therapy and off-season training and all this that you're gonna kind of need um basically it's just nhl players make a lot less than you think um players um you know, there's been a lot of people coming out that said it's tone deaf mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, NHL players, yeah, they're making a lot less, but they're still making, you know, millions and compared yeah. to, you know, people in the country that are struggling. Um, I, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on the whole Chris Pronger situation? This one, I, he had another tra- thread uh, a week or so ago that I thought was very interesting talking about finances for young, um, new NHL players. So I read through this one thinking, okay, this will be interesting. And I, I think it's a helpful perspective. It's helpful to remember the, where he's coming from. He's not coming from a place of feel sorry for these guys. He's coming from a place of you look on paper and it says Roman Yossi makes $9 million. Roman Yossi doesn't walk around with $9 million in his wallet. And here are some of the things that, you know, so I thought it was interesting, you know, agents take 3% of the gross. I didn't know that it was, you know, off the gross. I think that's yeah. interesting. Where he sort of maybe, you know, had his skirt tucked in his pantyhose is when he talked about the vehicle costing $75,000 That was was the one I was like, (laughs) you had me up until this point. Yeah. I'm like, okay, we're going to need a minute. First of all, first of all. You can get a perfectly nice car for way less than $75,000 a year. And if it's one of those things where, no, that's what people in the NHL drive, then somebody get an old Datsun and reset this standard. This is ridiculous. (laughs) Okay. Um, And things like rent $5,000 a month that, you know, but I thought it was an interesting perspective. I don't feel like he was saying, feel sorry for us. But yeah. I also do feel like when you're saying a $75,000 vehicle yeah, and like you can't go to CarMax and get, you know, a Ford Fiesta <laughs> for under 10000 right now, like it's just, I don't know. Like I appreciated the insight, but yeah. the delivery was sort of like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he, I think he even came out and said, look, I'm not trying to compare this to like a normal person off the street. I'm not, right. this is just like for perspective. And he just has a good point. It's like, look, most NHL players, regardless of how they make their money are, you know, they retire mm-hmm. probably the average NHL player retires at like 33, 34, just because, you know, they're not getting 
the same contract offers they did, right. when they, you know, in their mid twenties. Um, there's, there's quite a few who play till thirties and forties, but they're in the grand scheme of things, kind of a dime a dozen. Yes. Um, so, you know, I get it from that perspective. Um, yeah, I think, I think if you, if this was maybe cheapen up your car a little bit, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe that's a way you can save in your forties and fifties. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, you know, I do think it's interesting to understand that. And, and I, I mean, there's a whole nother topic on giving young people this kind of money without giving them financial yeah, um, you sure. know, giving financial literacy. So I think there's a whole lot that goes into that. And, you know, I have big feelings on the whole hockey system as it is anyway, because you have these young kids moving away from home and that's just a whole nother podcast for a whole nother complaint and a whole nother yeah. controversy thing. But I think it's interesting information, but dude, like, yeah, yeah. Read the room. Read the read the room like who, yeah. <laughs> who like yeah you know Philip Forsberg is tooling around on a blue scooter like yeah. I, you know what I'm saying <laughs> exactly uh, so yeah well yeah it's a whole thing it's a whole thing uh, Edmonton Oilers versus Nashville Predators that's a whole thing we're gonna have a recap of that tomorrow uh, in the meantime Anne where can we find your work online. You can find my work at onthefourcheck.com. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. Also, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. That's going to do it for us today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with uh, a Predators Oilers recap.